Welcome to That's All I Have to Say About That podcast, and we are back. <laughs> what a week it has been, dear God. Um, we are back for our, what is this, three, third episode? Fourth episode. Fourth episode. See, I can't count. So uh, <laughs> you can check us out on All I Have to Say podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can also check us out on uh, all I have to say dot net to read our awesome blog posts. So we are three years and 150 days into the Trump presidency. And there are 138 days till the 2020 presidential election. And yet another tell all book about the corruption and incompetency of Donald J. Trump has come out. Now, Raven, many people who've left the administration have published books, right? And there have also been a lot of books that people who weren't part of the administration have written about just the general chaos in the White House. And mind you, these guys, like we're talking about the book by John Bolton that just came out, these are not Democrats. These are not like liberals. These are conservative neocon assholes who are just like this guy is an idiot um <laughs> yes um yeah i mean none of the things that we've learned from any of these books have been shocking right the first one i guess was uh james comey's book right. um where he portrayed uh the trump administration including establishment republican um characters such as trump's first chief of staff reince priebus um, as acting as if they were in uh, or members of a crime family, um, and you Fair. know we can see um, we can see that behavior from Trump, right? Um, but yeah, I think you know we should be clear here. Uh, John Bolton is a neoconservative, and could have and should have spoken out earlier. I'm not right. sure if it would have made a difference as the majority of the Republican Party has tied themselves to Trump, but he should have spoken out, specifically during the impeachment process. Um, there was a lot of discussion then about whether he was gonna testify or not, and everybody knew that he was writing a book, uh, and it was kind of implied that um, he was waiting to, you know, say his piece in his book. Um, but yeah, you know, reading uh, the headlines from the book, um, and listening to analysis all day, I don't know. There have been many times during this administration where my jaw has dropped. Um, the Helsinki press conference always comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Bolton's book is directly related to that. Um, I know this is trite to say, but Trump's behavior, his lack of regard for the interests of the United States, his lack of interest in at least pretending to uphold American America's purported values in the world is it, it's just shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as for Bolton, I think um, he got himself involved with the Trump administration because he thought Trump was going to let him bomb Iran or North Korea or Venezuela or wherever. I don't really think it mattered to Bolton where. Um, he didn't, however, think he was going to be carrying out a Russian foreign policy agenda uh, for the United States from the United States. Well, right, because Bolton's just a warmonger. Like, that's just kind of his thing. That and 
having a goofy mustache. <laughs> and I think I th I think you're right. I think he he had he he was like if if any asshole is gonna start a war, it's gonna be this guy. Yeah. So his mustache style is called the walrus, by the way. <laughs> he is the walrus, goo goo kachu. So let's go over a few a few of the like bullet points, if you will, from from Bol from Bolton's book. So he makes it pretty clear that Donald Trump is not fit for office. This is his opinion. Um, Donald and Trump. And mine. Well, <laughs> sure. And any sentient being that isn't insane. Donald Trump doesn't have the competency to carry out his job. He's, he's, he's way out of his depth. Um, uh, Trump's behavior is not shaped by a guiding principle. There's no thought or overarching plan he just kind of does stuff if there is a guiding principle at all it's that trump just wants to be reelected. that's all he cares about he's still talking about how he won the election like yeah almost four years later all he um, cares about is that he has that position yeah and i think also I, it's important to add here um right, that Trump is calling Bolton a liar. He's claiming that everything in the book is a lie. What Bolton says about his character isn't true, even though, you know, we can all observe his character. Um, and that what he says about Trump's interactions with uh, foreign leaders um, uh, is not true, right? Um, but he's also claiming that the information in the book is classified. So if Bolton is lying right you can't classify <laughs> lies because they're right. not true it, it it makes no sense um well, which also it, i mean yeah. probably proves that it is true right well it's typical trump logic well i didn't do that well i did do that but it's okay you know it's like like there's always like a line of of like well he's lying okay he's not lying but it's okay I can still do that, whatever. And he confuses the point so much that people just get lost. Yeah. And it's like this is this is this this makes no sense. But you know, yeah. when was the last time that guy made any sense? Well, I mean, it's like what Adam Schiff said today. Uh, the paint picture painted by the book is familiar, right? It paints a picture of somebody who puts their personal interests above the interests of the country. Um, which again is exactly what James Comey said, right? Um, right? That Trump's interest was in protecting himself and essentially setting up a crime syndicate um, out of the Oval Office, right? Like, so all of this has been done either to keep him in power or to uh, get trademarks from China for Ivanka or to set up a better relationship between Jared Kushner and uh, MBS in Saudi Arabia, right? It's all for personal benefit. All of the foreign policy is for personal benefit. It's not for the interest of the country um, or again in, you know, supporting America's purported values, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, one of the, one of the times that I really thought, and, and I know policy with Israel is very near and dear to your heart, Raven. But one of the things that like really stuck out to me that what he is doing, that he doesn't care about anything but his own aggrandizement, was when he moved 
that embassy to Jerusalem. And then outside of it, there was just a giant sign that said, Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. He didn't care about Israeli policy or, you know, uh, two states. So no, he didn't care about any of that. He just wanted a building that he could put his name on because he loves to do that apparently. So let's talk a little bit about the foreign policy stuff that's in the book. Cause that to me was the really interesting stuff, because like you said, the, the, the things about Trump's general misbehavior, I mean, what's, there's no surprise there. But um, one of the things was that Trump asked Chinese president Xi um, to help him win the 2020 election. I mean, straight up asked him to help. Um, Bolton also called uh, Attorney General Barr about Trump's interaction with China and Turkey. I mean, he was, you know, he was worried about that. And there is a section about the Ukraine. I mean, there, you know, some people have said that one of the mistakes that was made was that they, uh, the Democrats are, you know, focused in on Ukraine and there was uh, so much more. But, you know, you have to pick one thing to indict him, right? Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I think that they could have expanded the articles of impeachment. Um, Mueller did outline a very clear case for obstruction of justice, right, um, in the second part of his report. Um, and I just want to uh, tangentially say um, there's something important here as it relates to the 2020 election. Um, while this is not in the Constitution, um, everybody's been saying for the last couple of years that you can't indict the sitting president for obstruction of justice. Um, and as I just said, right, the, the Mueller report outlines many instances of obstruction of justice um, and of stupidity. Uh, but my point is that Trump believes that a sitting president cannot be indicted. Um, Brett Kavanaugh also said, um, you know, when he was uh, going through the confirmation process for uh, the Supreme Court, that he believed that a sitting president could not be indicted. Um, But this means basically that Trump feels that the only place that's safe for him um, is the White House, because he won't be indicted for any of these crimes, um, obstruction of justice, corruption, uh, violations of the emoluments clause. Um, I mean, I think a lot of these obstruction of justice uh, instances um, can also be linked to treason, right? So the only place that he feels safe is in the Oval Office, in the White House. Um, So what does that say um, about (laughs) what's going to happen in November? Um, We know, you know, that he has really been tearing the fabric uh, of this country apart over the last couple of weeks um, with, you know, issues related to racial injustice and the history of racial inequality in this country. Um, And he's really, I think, his main motivation (laughs) for wanting to stay in the job uh, of the presidency, aside from whatever money he's making, on the side, right? We still haven't seen his tax returns. We still don't know what his international business affiliations are. Um, His main motivation is to stay out of jail. He is afraid that if he leaves the White House, the Southern District of New York, and maybe some other state's attorneys generals are coming for him. Um, 
which, you know, makes voting all the more important. Yeah, I mean, you know, Raven and I have discussed many times and we, we talked about it on the show that we are afraid if Biden wins that Trump's just going to be like, nope, not going anywhere. And if he wins, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what he'll do. So some other stuff that's in the book is that tr- this, this doesn't surprise me, but it's, it's so incredible. So the, the Chinese, China's Muslim minority, the Uyghurs, have been systematically put in camps. They're being killed. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's becoming, I mean, very quickly a, a true genocide. And he told uh, the, the Chinese president as a direct quote, that's exactly the right thing to do. I mean, I know he's an Islamophobe, but holy shit. Yeah. And um, and then the other thing is that Trump met with Kim Jong-un without any preconditions. And we saw how well that worked out as uh, North Korea is like, still doing whatever the hell they want with their, their nukes. Yeah, so- sand bombing um, South Korean facilities within the DMZ zone. Right. Right. So... <laughs> That was again. It was. It's all about his own aggrandizement, right? He wanted to say to take that picture, shaking uh, Kim's hand, and to say, "What a good boy am I?" And you know, but there was no benefit to us. The world is not safer. Kim Jong Un has continued to do whatever he wants. So it's it's really just an amazing an amazing thing that he has completely gotten away with it. Like people have just allowed him to do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. I I think also there's an important point here um, in regard to both China and North Korea in that Trump has created all of this chaos, right? Kind of like a a crisis actor. manufacturing uh, increased tensions between the United States and North Korea. Um, Funnily, I'm sure that you've heard about this, but uh, after he called Kim Jong-un rocket man at the UN, um, he all of a sudden became very concerned that he would be offended by that. And he sent him um, uh, an autographed <laughs> Elton John <laughs> Rocket Man single. Yeah. Um, trying to, you know, pretend that he was saying that uh, out of respect. Um, and then, yeah, we don't know if he said uh, that stuff about the concentration camps in China to President Xi um, because he was trying to uh, solicit support in winning the 2020 election or because he was just saying whatever he was saying or because he really believes it, right? Um, it's all kind of like just chaos. Yeah. Well, as we know from Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. Not a- yes. <laughs> um, it, yeah. It, I, I, let us know what you think. Is Trump Littlefinger or is he more like Joffrey? Let us know what you think. I think also, though, in this case, Chaos might be a pit because there is no bottom here, right? That's true. It never ends. 
I kind of want to throw him in a pit and see him fight that bear like Brianna of Tarth. That would have been awesome. Um, so, so we talked last week about um, some of the, the serious dog whistling that is going on with Trump. Um, I'm thinking specifically about uh, setting up his first um, rally back in Tulsa, where, of course, there was the, the horrible... Uh, massacre there 99 years ago, and he did it on Juneteenth, the, the day that slavery officially ended in the United States. In Texas. In te yeah, in, in Texas, which today he was like saying, well, I made Juneteenth famous, like nobody knew what that was. Maybe it's because I'm from Texas, but that is a huge deal where I'm from. Like, it's, it's like everybody celebrates it. Well, not everybody, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't actually think it is um, nationally, you know, uh, celebrated. Um, but, yeah, but no, just, at least he moved the rally until Saturday. But who knows what he's going to say. Yeah. Is well, he going to be teleprompter Trump or is he going to be off-the-cuff Trump? Well, the rumor is that Stephen Miller wrote his race speech. Ugh. So let that sink in uh, for a second. That guy is a little racist ghoul, and he's the one who wrote the racism uh, speech. Incredible. Um, another thing he did, Dog Whistle, that Raven and I's ears perked up immediately, being Jews, is when he said that the uh, he called the Secret Service the SS. Mm -hmm. And he said that they uh, that they did a great job handling the the, the protesters, the Antifa. Um, nobody, may, correct me if I'm wrong, Raven, I have never heard anybody refer to the Secret Service as the SS. No, <laughs> it's uh, not a thing. And, you know, people excuse him a lot by saying, well, he's just really stupid. He doesn't know, he knows. And if he not, he was know. told. Well, I mean, yeah, no, he does know, right? He's using uh, Nazi symbolism um, in political ads, right? His One of his ads uh, for re-election was pulled from Facebook today for having Nazi symbolism um, in it. Uh, it's, it's all, you know, gaslighting and a manipulation. He's too stupid to know, but yet everything that he does is very deliberate. And he's doing it deliberately for economic benefit. And also, I would say, by changing America's standing in the world to help uh, enact uh, Russia's foreign policy agenda for the United States, right? Yeah. As we talked about last week, removing troops from Germany uh, benefits Russia. It doesn't benefit the United States. It doesn't benefit NATO. Um, it doesn't benefit stability in Europe. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, to go a little bit into the, the, the ad, the Trump ad that was banned on Facebook, which, first of all, that's miraculous that Facebook finally did anything. But um, they said that in order to <clears throat> support, you know, defeating Antifa, you know, is a red triangle. And of course, red triangle in the concentration camps during World War II were what the Nazis 
put on the uniform of people who were political dissidents, who mm-hmm. were enemies of the state, quote unquote, in the same way that they put yellow uh, stars of David on Jews and pink triangles on the LGBT population. What strikes me about that is that that is such a specific thing, a red triangle. Yeah. Like it could have been literally anything. Yeah. So I, I can't believe anymore. It's so obvious that he is sending a message to, um, to white supremacists that, uh, hey, Nazism is back and hip again, you know. Well, and he's also saying, right, that um, they're the political dissidents against the radical left, against right. the anti-fascists, against the Democrats, right? Um, it's, a, I, it's also kind of funny, I think, just that <laughs> to call the Democratic Party the radical left, um, I think is kind of funny in that the Democratic Party, uh, as compared to its counterparts around the world, is not radical or particularly left. <laughs> well, you, um, and I, you and I used to talk about the way that they portrayed Obama and Hillary Clinton as these like lefty communists, like that they were Che Guevara or something. And it's like, well, they're pretty middle of the road, kind of neoliberal, you know, like, yeah, uh, like, wh- wh- why, how are they radical? How, how are they? I mean, even way? Bernie Sanders is not particularly <laughs> radical, right? He's just saying we should have the same things as all of the other countries in the OECD. Um, well, but he's we not talking at, about confiscating your property. <laughs> right. Well, we live, we live in a world that doesn't make any sense because another thing that happened this week was um, there were a couple of uh, Supreme Court decisions that came down on the left side of the margin. Um, I'm thinking specifically of that they didn't allow, they're not allowing Trump to get rid of DACA. Yes. And they're... Um, they struck down that, you know, LGBT people, particularly trans people can be discriminated against in their healthcare. And what's, what, what, the reason I bring that up is because Roberts has sided with the liberals. Yeah. Because we live in a world that makes no sense anymore. Yeah. Like the, uh, you know, this is the guy who, you know, Citizens United, and he gutted the Voting Rights Act, and yet, you know, he he did he sided with the liberals because the conventional left-right divide is not what we what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's also an interesting point with Roberts um, in that. He, just like the uh, security establishment, he did something very rare when he um, countered Trump. Uh, I guess it was about two years ago now when he said, right, that uh, we don't have Obama uh, judges or Bush judges or Trump judges. We have an American judicial system. It's um, for the Supreme, excuse me, for the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court to Uh, respond to something that the president said, you know, (laughs) is uh, extremely, extremely rare. Um, And again, it just 
highlights how Trump has fundamentally changed America, um, our politics, and uh, the Bolton book also highlights how he's changed America's role in the world, right? Um, we're for sale, basically. Yeah. And of course, Trump's reaction to what hap what's happened this week in the Supreme Court was to say, I'm starting to feel like they don't like me. Yes, it's Are always you personal. Are <laughs> Always personal. Yeah. Well, he can't stand anybody contradicting him or not following orders, you know? Yeah. He just, uh, he, he, well, can't, he can't handle it. Yeah, and that also goes back to one of Bolton's critiques, right? The only guiding principle, um, the only thing that guides Donald Trump's behavior is what he thinks is best for him. So lashing out at critics seems to be how, you know, he thinks he can uh, ease his way into re-election, right? Um, he's a liar. They don't like me. Uh, he also said today that people who wear face masks are doing so um, to uh, show their dislike for him and that they don't support him. I mean, this is insane. I mean, I'm, I'm no expert, but I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a bigger case for malignant narcissism. Yeah. Ever. Or for the 25th Amendment. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, any other comments? Yeah, Megan? that's all or, I've got. <laughs> or are we just exhausted from from the, the horror? Um, um, yeah, it's been uh, just about a little over, wait, six days over four years since Donald Trump announced his candidacy for president of the United States. So, yes. It is fair to say that we are exhausted. Yeah. I remember vaguely, I vaguely remember telling Raven something like, come on, no chance. Um, but you always knew, Raven, you always said you were prophetic in that sense that, yeah. that, that Donald was, uh, was coming for us. So uh, thanks for joining us again on uh, That's All I Have to Say. Um, you can, again, you can get us on uh, All I Have to Say podcasts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and All I Have to Say.net to read our blog posts. So thanks for joining us and tune in next week. You can get our podcast wherever fine podcasts are put for you to download or whatever. Um, all right, Raven, thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. And that's all I have to say about that.